<clears throat> Amen. There was such an anointing on that song about giving our lives away. Amen. And if you were here last Wednesday, we spoke about sacrifice and uh, that sacrifices are never convenient. The word is not even convenient, sacrifice. And so God wants to speak to us. And I want to continue on with that sense of giving ourselves away. And I want to pick up where our speaker left off over the weekend. <clears throat> Dr. Michael Brown spoke to us about healing. And I want to share with you a message concerning the word salvation or saved. Has anybody here heard that word before? Saved? Saved? All right. So if I ask you, are you saved, what's, what's the, the question? Why? What are, what are we normally asking as evangelicals? Are you saved? What, what, what are we asking for? Say that. Go ahead. Have you received Jesus as Lord and Savior? Have you been washed in the blood? Saved from hell? Born again. Okay, very good. This highlights what I want to share with you tonight. Because the word in the Scriptures, 180 times in the New Testament, where the word saved is, and there's other times this word is used, it's the Greek word sozo. Sozo. You would say it like S-O-D-Z-Z-O. Sozo. Anyways, and that's the word saved. And so when we read Scriptures and we say that Jesus came to save, we would all consider that meaning He came to save us from hell and damnation so that we could all go to heaven. And that's very true. That is correct. But there's more to this word than we have been giving credit to it. And so if there's a fuller meaning to the word and we're only giving a portion of that word, we have been cheating ourselves and the world on a more full gospel. We've been speaking simply of portions of salvation, not the full gospel of what salvation means. The word sozo, the word for saved in the Greek, not only means saved from harm or danger or hell, it also means healed. You'll find in many places where Jesus says, thy faith has healed you, the word for heal is sozo. So sozo not only means saving, born again, being regenerated, it also means being healed of sickness and disease. Not just a spiritual healing, but being healed physically. It also has the connotation of being preserved. I'm being saved. I am, in other words, sanctified or set apart or protected by God himself. That's the other part, being protected. If you save someone from harm, you're protecting them. And not only is our God good enough to save us from harm, but he's good enough to protect us continually. And also it means to prosper. So to be saved means that you have been prospered. And, you know, the first thing we all go to in a cash society of Western culture is money. Hallelujah, I've been saved. Where's the paycheck? 
But prosperity is greater than the economy of our culture. How many of you know that? All right, you can give a million bucks to, to, to a Chinese prisoner who's in prison because of his faith, and that million bucks means nothing to him. But if God would preserve and prosper his health under the situation he's in, he'd be thankful to God for that. So to prosper means to bring well-being to your person, physically, emotionally, and so forth. And basically it means to be made whole. Physically whole, spiritually whole, mentally whole, in soul and spirit. And Scripture talks about that. May your soul, may your health prosper as your soul prospers. So prosperity is health and vitality and wellness and wholeness to us. That's what saved means. Let me give you some examples in Scripture. How many of you remember the woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years? Now obviously the issue of blood is menstrual blood. She's flowing for 12 years. How many of you know that makes you a bit anemic? She spent all her money, all her money, on doctors and physicians, and no one could help her. The other aspect to this is that if she has blood, in a Jewish culture, she is ceremonially unclean. Therefore, if she's unclean, anyone who touches her becomes unclean. So if she's a wife and has children... Her household becomes unclean. So for 12 years, she's been unclean to her husband. And so it may have strained the marriage, and it may have even cast her out. Because she certainly couldn't walk to the market to go get food for her family to feed them, could she? Because she's unclean and can't be in and among other people. This thing extrapolates out. How many of you know that many times you have a problem, it doesn't stay with one issue? So for 12 years, she had determined to know Scripture, and by knowing Scripture, she knew, as, as Malachi, uh, Micah says, that Messiah will bring healing in his wings. And the word for wings there in the Hebrew context is the wings, your prayer shawl. The tassels on the end of a rabbi's prayer shawl were called wings. So she knew that Messiah was coming and that there would be healing in his prayer shawl. So when she saw Messiah, she knew if I could but touch the wings, the hem of his garments, the tassels of the rabbi who is called Messiah, I would be healed because Scripture says so. How is she going to get to him in the midst of the crowd being unclean she most likely came from behind the situation of the crowd they're pressing against each other and she has to get through the crowd claw and move through the cloud crowd till she finally probably crawls on her hands and knees to get to jesus as he's walking and grabs hold and it says that jesus felt dunamis felt the glory come from him to somebody else. He stops and he says, who touched me? Now Peter, being as wise as he is, says, what are you talking about? Who touched you? Everybody's touching you. We're in a crowd. They're bumping into each other. But he said, no, somebody else. 
There was some other kind of a touch, if I could say it that way, right? He was touched by faith. Everybody else is clamoring and bumping. But someone touched him by faith. Someone trusted. And by touching him, she was instantly healed. And Jesus said this, Daughter, your faith has made you well. And in the Greek language, it's sozo. Your faith has made you well. What does he mean by well? Spiritually well? What's the context here? What kind of wellness are we talking about? Physical healing. That's what sozo means. That's what saved means. Physical healing. He said, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Sozo, or salvation, is supposed to heal you. It's within that word's definition. And so we need to begin believing that not only when we're getting people to receive Jesus and preaching the gospel to save their soul, but if we would present to them the full package, if you will. Right? To say and trust that not only by faith can your soul be saved, but God can touch your body and bring healing. That's why we're called full gospel people. Because we believe salvation is more than just someday playing a harp on a cloud somewhere. Salvation is now. You know what we've done? We've concentrated as the Christian church that someday we could leave this earth and go to heaven. That was never God's plan. God's plan was to bring heaven to earth. Amen? Amen? You can say amen anytime you want because I'm excited about this. Amen. We're finding out a full revelation of what we've got. How many of you don't even know what you've got? I got a cell phone and, I, and the book for this cell phone is like this thick. I can call my wife and some of my kids and I can text a few of you. But other than that, I don't know what else this thing does. I can download tons of apps and I don't know how half of them work. I should read the book. Shouldn't we read the book to find out what we have? And so, sozo means physical healing. It's the same word for saved. The angel Gabriel came to Mary and Joseph, uh, well, spoke to Mary in this particular passage of Matthew 1.21, and said this to Mary, she, uh, she will bear a son uh, and you shall call his name... I think he's speaking to Joseph, actually. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua, or Jesus, for he will save, sozo, his people from their sins. Now, what kind of save is this? Salvation, spiritual. Yeah, this is cleansing from sin by his blood. And so this is a spiritual salvation. This is being born again, like we had talked about. Same word that he used... To the woman who was physically healed. Thy faith has healed you, sozo you. Now, his name is Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sozo sins. Okay? So not only should we be preaching to people that you can be saved from your sins. Let me ask you something. Is it good to be saved from your sins? Why? We're so used to talking like this, but do we know why? Why can't we live with some sin? 
separates us from God. Yeah, if we don't have that cleansing of his blood and enter into that cleansing so that we're protected, we will receive God's wrath and judgment. There will be separation now and eternal separation and damnation for eternity. But even in the now, sins separate us from the goodness of God. Right? And the consequences of sin cripple our lives. So not only does Jesus save us eternally, uh, but today from our sins so that we would overcome sin and be victorious over sin in our lives. Amen? So sozo is a verb, it's active and present tense always, if you belong to Jesus Christ. He's saving you from your sins. And I don't know what you're struggling with right now, last night when you got up this morning, maybe sometime today during the day, you sinned, you said something, you thought something, something aggravated you, something moved in you that made you sin against the holiness of God, but he's sozoing you, he is delivering you, he's healing you from your sin right now. Amen? Amen. So this sozo is a past tense thing. You shall be saved. You are saved. It's a present tense thing. You're being saved, delivered every minute by the righteousness of His Holy Spirit. And you shall be saved eternally. That's sozo. This stuff works good. It's active and alive. But again, do you see what we've done to this word? We've shortchanged it to a prayer that you prayed 20 years ago when you got saved and then do the best you can the rest of your life. That's how many Christians live. In our own strength, we're trying to do the best we can to behave. And that is not sozo. Let me give you another example. Jesus said, I'm thirsty on the cross. And he asked for, and when he said, I thirst, they, they, they took a sponge and they put the gall on it and sour the vinegar and everything and they put it up to his mouth and his lips and then they ridiculed him and they said this. And the others said, wait, hey, come on. Let us see whether Eli will, Elijah will come and save him. Sozo. What kind of sozo is this? Is this spiritual, that, that Jesus might get born again on the cross? <laughs> of course not, no. What kind of saving is this? Yeah, from, so Elijah would show up in his chariot of fire and take him off that cross and save his life. Deliver him. That's, that's the intention of the word. See, and these are people other than Jesus that are ridiculing saying that. That's because he cried out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. You know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, and so, hey, hey, let's see. He's calling out to Eli, Elijah. Let's see if Elijah's going to deliver him. Save him, rescue him. Another meaning for the word sozo. And it's not just a spiritual meaning. And so in the word of saved, we've got physical healing, we've got spiritual healing, and we've got rescuing in our lives. How many of you have ever had situations you needed to be rescued from? We need a deliverer. Right? So saved also means being delivered from an enemy, from circumstances. It's a big word. But when we preach it, all we say is, you get saved from your sin. So I use this pie chart because the word has a big meaning. But most of the time, we're isolating one aspect of it and say, you know, are you saved? 
What's that mean? Well, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior so you're not going to hell and someday you'll go to heaven? That's valid. That's good. Spiritual salvation. But we're neglecting everything else. Aren't we? What if we would realize that we have the authority to go out and preach the gospel so that people would get saved? What does that mean? It means that we could go out and preach the gospel so that they could get saved from hellfire and come into knowledge of Jesus, but they could also get saved, and that means they can be healed. Does God heal people? Does God preserve people? Can God protect people? Can God rescue people? Can God make people whole? Let me ask you a real interesting question. Can Jesus save an unbeliever? You're laughing at me. You're laughing at me. Aren't you laughing? I heard them laugh at me. Why is that laughable? Of course, who else is he going to say? They don't believe. Of course he's going to save unbelievers. Okay, well, let's use the full word. Will Jesus heal an unbeliever? Will Jesus preserve an unbeliever? Would Jesus rescue an unbeliever? Can Jesus prosper an unbeliever? Can Jesus make an unbeliever whole? You see what I'm saying? The point being is if he will save unbelievers, give them the whole word. Tell them that maybe if they're an unbeliever, still pray for them if they're sick and pray for their healing. Because it's the whole package we're trying to deliver to a dying world. Listen, I could come. What? This is maybe a bad analogy, but I'm going to use it anyways. I, I could come and, and give you a, a, a Schwinn bicycle, or I could come and give you a Cadillac. What will you take? Yeah. Look what we're offering the world. One portion of a word, of the fullness of what salvation is. So why don't we go to the lost and say, if you re- have you received Jesus? Have you been healed yet? Instead of asking them, are you saved? For some reason, this thing's crackling and popping. He, you know, instead of, would it be wrong at all for us to say, you know, can, uh, instead of saying, uh, are you saved, can you say, are you healed? Can I bring healing to you? You know, that would go a lot farther with, with a Muslim if you would approach Muslims, instead of approaching Muslims saying, will you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, they're going to go, uh-uh, no way. But if you would approach them and say, can I pray for your healing because Jesus is a healer, they will say yes because they trust Jesus to be a healer. Could Jesus save a Muslim? See, you're also positive about this idea that he'd save their soul. But how positive are you that he would heal their body? Do you see what I'm saying? We don't have the same faith for all the rest of the same word. What about preserve? God can preserve your life, rescue you from the pit, bring you health and protect you and make your life prosperous. All of this means are you saved? Do you want salvation? Do you want deliverance? We've got to start talking up this this thing called salvation. Salvation. 
Because we've simply made it a, 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 an offer of a prayer. It's got to have more than just a prayer of, if you'll repeat after me, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross and saved my soul. Is that it? Am I in? Well, if you believe it in your heart, you're in. That's it. Okay. But how about we say, yes, that's, that's it, but that's not all. Because this word of being saved, yes, your soul's saved. Now God wants to prosper your health as your soul is saved. Let me pray for your healing. But see, we wonder if God will heal or if even God wants to heal. We know he wants to save. But can I tell you that the same word, sozo, means all of it? God wants to make your life whole. So look at this verse in John three seventeen. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. You know this verse, right? He didn't come to what? Condemn the world. Why not? Why didn't Jesus come to condemn the world? Thank you. It was already condemned. When was it condemned? At the fall, in the Garden of Eden, right. So Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. The world's already condemned. Every living soul's going to hell. So he didn't come to condemn the world. He came to do what? Yeah, it says it right there. <laughs> he came to do what? Sozo the world. He came to save the world. And again, stretch your mind beyond what you've been trained. He came more than just to save them in the sense that they're not going to go to hell, they're going to go to heaven. He came to bring heaven to earth for us. He came to bring healing to us. He came to bring prosperity to us, wellness, wholeness to us. He came to give us a full exchange of heaven for a fallen life. I came to give life and life more abundantly. We're cheating them. We're not giving the full gospel to them. We're restraining and holding back from the fullness. Now listen, I'm as, I'm as guilty as anyone else, but I think if we would begin to get our head wrapped around this and we would begin to understand what we're working with here. We don't have pea shooters. We've got tanks. We've got things that pull down strongholds. We've got things that demolish the enemy. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And we come with a little band-aid with a down payment of man. one day when you die, you'll go to heaven. That's all we offer people when Jesus had so much to offer him. But is, this his, is it his will to offer this? I'm glad you asked that. Let's look at 1 Timothy 2.4. God desires all people to be what? Saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So who does God want to heal? Are you sure? Because don't we always pray, Lord, if it's your will to heal, I don't know if you want this person healed or not. I don't know if you want them to suffer because they're learning something from it. Of course God redeems every suffering. And, and I, I'm the first to tell you, I don't understand when some are healed and some are not. Okay, I'm sorry. I just, I don't understand that. But all I know is many times, I don't think we are believing for all that God has for people. What would happen if we radically began to believe 
that this saving, this sozo, that this full package was available for everybody. So that when we prayed for salvation for them, we also prayed for their healing. We prayed for them to be delivered by, from every demonic power and force in their life. We prayed for their prosperity of their home and their marriage to grow and be strong. And we gave them the whole package. We downloaded everything to them. I think we'd start seeing changed lives in greater dimensions. God desires, this is his desire. He said it, he put it in scripture. God desires all people to be saved. Now, some Christian traditions would say that's only spiritual. It's only spiritual. God only cares for their soul. He doesn't care about whether they're ill or prosper or suffer or anything else. But this isn't what this word means. I showed you in the texts where it, mean, where it meant delivering from off the cross, where it meant healing to a physical affliction. It's the same word. So I can put in here, God desires all people to be healed. Ultimately, he does, doesn't he? And he brought the provision for healing, didn't he? He desires for all people to prosper. Yeah, we know. I came to give life and life more abundantly. He wants all people to be spiritually saved, yes, but he wants sound mind. He didn't give a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. That's his desire, it's his will. We've got to believe this. When we're going out to reach our neighbors and our co-workers and the lost, don't shortchange the word saved. Don't minimize it. It's God's desire for all people to be sozoed and to come to the knowledge of that sozo. See what I'm saying? The rest of this verse, and then I'll take your questions. The rest of your verse. God desires all people to be sozoed. All people to be zo sozoed. So, experientially, he wants all people to experience the fullness of his life. Does that make sense to you? Right now, he wants us all to experience the fullness of what Christ died for and what the Holy Spirit empowers to us. He wants everyone to experience. I want all people to be sozoed and to come to the knowledge of that sozo, of that truth, the knowledge of the truth, the knowledge of what is our inheritance. Now, that's what Paul prays for in the book of Ephesians. I pray for the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 1.17. He says, I pray that the Spirit will give you the ability, I'm paraphrasing, the ability to understand what your inheritance is through the promises of God. In other words, I want you to come to the knowledge of all this truth that's, that's yours. And as a church, we all need to come to the full knowledge of what this salvation is. And we need to start a sozo revolution. If we could put our application into heaven tonight, can we apply for this? Can we apply as a church for the full download of sozo? I'd like to apply for that. Anybody else here want to apply for that? So that when people come in, we're not just trying to get them saved. 
by repeating the salvation prayer. We want them healed. We want them to prosper in wellness of life. We want them protected. We want them delivered out of a kingdom of darkness into the full glorious light. We want them to know the full knowledge of all that is there to the inheritance of the saints. Are you with me? All of that is packed in the word saved. So is it God's will that people be healed? Is it God's will that people prosper? Is it God's will that people be delivered? Absolutely, it's His will. He went to the cross to do it. Amen? Amen. Now, before we go on in prayer, there was a question. You had a question. Yes, sir. Correct. And so you know where I'm getting at. So it comes back again to by one's faith. Correct. So how? And so my illustration with that is that if we can offer them some aspect of saved salvation, an aspect of it, it the, the, the goal would be that it would draw them completely in to the fullness of of that salvation, of recognizing who Jesus is. If you get dramatically healed by Jesus, you've been introduced to a new dimension of who Jesus is, and that's going to draw you to find out, is he the Messiah? They're not saved. If, they, if Jesus heals them, it doesn't mean they're saved. It means, there's, it means an aspect of, of the benefits of salvation, but it's a drawing. So we can get up to all, all, all the five keys there, and they believe it, and, and, and happens they become prosperous. Well, I wouldn't say they're whole yet, because if they're not saved, they're not saved. Good point. Great point. Yes. Thank you for unpacking that. You're exactly right, Jerry. You're exactly right. We still have to get them to come to the knowledge, the saving knowledge of Jesus as dead and resurrected Lord of all. You're exactly right. What usually happens, and I used the reference for Muslims, what usually happens, and what is happening now around the globe, is that many Muslims are coming to faith in Jesus because they're having an experience with Him. And so He'll appear to them many times in dreams and in the night, and He'll say, read my book. He'll introduce Himself to them. Now, they're, they're not saved, but they had an encounter with Him, and I would call it a sozo encounter. And, and, and in that encounter, then it draws them unto salvation. And basically, we all come to Jesus that way. 
We all come to Jesus in an emerging revelation of who he is. You begin to know him, learn, study a little more about him, and, and kind of find out what he has to say. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and then you, you begin to realize you're a sinner. And so through the fullness of what God has to offer, we enter into the revelation to the place where we do come to a saving faith and, and uh, accept him. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love the verse, taste and see that the Lord is good. Let's give him a taste of that tongue. Qualify what you mean by dead. Not breathing, no heart, they're dead. They're dead. You mean people who have died. People who have died. Okay. And I'm praying for them to be raised from the dead. Okay. Does this fit into this? Well, oh, I, I believe it would. Because that power, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And so that same resurrection power by faith we are calling for that dead body to come to life. And that, I would believe, would be sozo. They would be definitely healed, uh, definitely delivered from death at that moment in time. So, yeah. Amen. It's the testimony of the church. We can believe for it, right? And it is happening. Now, what we have to do, and, and we might say, but I'm not seeing it happen, and it hasn't happened enough. We haven't seen enough people healed and so forth. Let me ask you this real quick here. Who in this congregation, by raising your hand, has known someone or yourself has been divinely healed? All right, so... If you look around, we've got, keep your hands up. You know someone who's been divinely healed. Okay, so we've got a majority here. All right. So, what I'm saying is if we would walk in the fullness of this word, and it's more than a word, isn't it? It's an action, it's a life, it's a being. If we would walk in the fullness of this knowledge of truth, I believe we'll begin seeing greater measures of healing and greater answers to prayer because we're activating and calling on all aspects, right, of God's power. If I, uh, another cheap analogy, if you go to a restaurant and you look at the menu and you look at the today's special and, and there's two specials, you're going to order one of the two specials, aren't you? And many Christians live with the daily special only looking at two, but what they're neglecting to do is turn the thing around, and there's like 37 other things offered. What happens? This broadens and opens up. Oh, I don't have to get stuck with a cheeseburger or a hot dog. Cheap analogy with God, of course, you know, it's not cheeseburgers and hot dogs. But what I'm saying is, 
the church needs to awaken to the fullness of our inheritance. And again, that's what Paul is exactly saying in Ephesians 1.17, that we would begin to understand the riches of our inheritance. And we would take this gospel in its fullness to have an expectation, right? Let me ask you this. How many of you have uh, uh, witnessed to someone asking if they want to be saved and they reject salvation? All right, so why don't you give up? Why don't you stop? Stop evangelizing and stop witnessing Yeah, but they didn't get saved. So stop, stop doing it because it doesn't work. Okay, and this is my point. How many of us have quit on praying for the sick and quit praying for healing because it just doesn't work? We haven't seen it happen. Many of us do. Many of us are discouraged. I've prayed and prayed and prayed. I haven't seen a healing. I haven't laid hands. I haven't. But you see, it's the same sense. Well, then if someone rejects salvation, why don't you just quit? No, we know that people can be saved. Well, with the same confidence, know that people can be healed. Know that people can be delivered. And like David said and pointed out, you planted a seed into that thing. And you may not be around when it happens, but God said, my word will not return void. So it will happen. It can happen. It just may not have happened in your audience, but it may someday happen. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Oh, good. We got conversation going. Just real quick. I, it took six years of praying for something yes. that I never gave up, like you just said. Yes. Amen. Good for you. Good. Sozo came to your house. Yes. That's good. All right. Did you have a... All right, all right, that's the illustration. That's it. Look, at we have saw this at the front of our church. We put a prayer tent out there last year, and Sozo was at work on our front lawn because we didn't ask, are you saved? We didn't ask anything else. We said, what do you want prayer for? So we were offering Sozo to everybody, right? Sozo offered here. We prayed for deliverance, we prayed for healing, and people came back with testimonies, and then they came into the church, and then they're asking, I want to know this Jesus, I want to get my life right with Jesus, because we're offering the full benefits of being saved. Jesus came to save, or sozo, the lost. Amen? So we're going to close out tonight. Amen. Who, when we pray, and you know, you might not see results in you know what like that, or what, but the thing is, we're praying. And part of my prayers go out. I want to pray like this because that's why Jesus said.
Amen. That's so that that power is sozo power that we all have within us to release to others. So I'm going to ask right now, is there anybody, you look at this list right here, is there anybody that needs saving? That, that can be spiritual salvation. Maybe you have a problem you need to be delivered from. If you have a problem, a situation you need to be delivered from, you need to be saved from, you need to be rescued from, if you need healing, if you need some part of your life to be preserved, that you're getting ripped off by the enemy, something's happened to you, then you come forward. Somebody here needs protection. You need protection over some situation. Somebody here needs uh, health, prosperity, something to, to a sense of a wellness of life. Come to the front. Any one of these words up here. You need wholeness of mind, wholeness of being. If there is any aspect of sozo that any of you need, come to the front right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is here not because of any man's anointing, but because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Sozo is here. Come as far forward and spread out as far as you can. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We bless your name, God. We thank you, Father.